So can I get you gentlemen something more to drink or maybe something to nibble on? Some pizza shooters, shrimp poppers, or extreme fajitas? You're listening to Getting Lunch with Joe Hawk. Lay off me, I'm starving. Check, please. Now here's your host, the one and only, Joe Hawk. How are you doing? It's so good to see you. You too. It's been too long. I know. Way too long. God. Fucking pandemic. It ruined everything. <laughs> How was everything, by the way? Everything's good. Yeah. I yeah. Mean. Yeah, if you could uh, spend the next hour telling us how to raise baby, that'd be helpful. <laughs> That's currently, our uh, our project of the oh, hour. Oh <laughs> my god! Uh, I'll 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 give it to Mike. Hip that photo that you post on Instagram. Him uh, reading the book. I'm like, That's a lot more than I've done so far. I'm actually. <laughs> it's more than I've done too. So he's he's really he's like, okay, if you're growing baby, I'll do something. Yeah. And I don't believe that for a second, Joe. I know you're such a good dad. <laughs> Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Getting Lunch with Joe Hawk. And technically, we are during doing this during the uh, dinner hour. So it's very special because uh, we are doing this interview over Zoom because my guest comes from all the way down into the uh, far regions of California, Los Angeles. She is a writer producer for such incredible works, including Girls 5 Eva, Miracle Workers, Single Parents, and Abby, she's also the creator and host of the wildly hilarious podcast, Hills I Die On, and better yet, she is also family. Yay. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> my cousin, Taylor Cox. How are you, Hi. Taylor? My heart is so touched. I love the intro. <laughs> and I was waiting for you to get to my biggest credit of uh, Familia, so I'm grateful that we touched on it. Oh, of course. You know, I, I've been, you know, ever since I started this podcast, it's kind of funny because uh, you know, looking at your podcast, you have a lot of uh, you have a type of guests like writers, producers, comedians. And for the past like four or five interviews I've done in my podcast have all been radio centric. So you are and, you know, one, oh, you're yeah. the first member of my family to be on the podcast and also right. the first first, you know, writer and producer in, oh, the, in a different spectrum of entertainment. Well, I hope I can uh, do us justice over here. <laughs> I think you will. So, uh, you know, first of all, I want to, you know, uh, kind of get the backstory because, you know, we've known each other for, well, we've technically kind of known each other for all our lives, but only, you know, names pass and all that stuff. We finally got to meet each other, sadly, during a funeral back in 2011. Mm -hmm. But we have kept in touch ever since you know because you're the only one from the family out there in chicago who lives on the west coast it's the been so coast. nice to have you guys so it really <laughs> has been a lot you guys have been so wonderful out here so i'm very grateful for oh that. i know we always uh me and sam always trying to make a make you a, a visit to you uh every time we're down in la which is you know very rare in between but we always try to make a point to say hi to you um but you know i've always been wanting to ask you how did you first get into writing because i know you've also done uh stage productions and stuff like that but what really drew you to like just writing oh man so joe it all was very uh circuitous so mm -hmm. i went to school for uh i didn't really know and i changed my major <laughs> like nine times sounds and, like me and uh, oh really great well Love i just company. once it, 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 i i just i flunked out of mechanical engineering great uh, yeah. that was the best of us <laughs> exactly. i didn't show up i was like maybe i'll be a doctor and then i found out that the pre-med classes were really far and was like not gonna make it yeah <laughs> it was too cold to walk so that was the end of that um so great similar but yeah so i 
uh, in college, uh, I ended up getting into journalism. So okay. I wrote for the paper. I was an editor for the school paper and mm-hmm. had a blast doing it, but was like easily the worst reporter on planet <laughs> Earth. It did not help that my day to edit all the articles was on Sundays and I was always so hungover. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know what's truth or fiction. Fact checking is so hard. I was uh, 19. Uh, I did the best I could. Um, but I, yeah. I knew I loved writing. I, uh, but I, I knew journalism wasn't necessarily my path. Yeah. Um, and I think after graduation, you know, I, I really had no idea what I was going to be doing. I applied to a lot of like sort of media jobs. I, mm-hmm. I ended up getting a job doing media buying, which uh, I've said this on many a podcast, but is yeah. a job so bad I don't wish it on my worst enemies. Um, <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I'm sure there's people out there who love it. But for me, they handed me like a calculator on my first day and I was like, oh, this is not. Yeah, this this is not what I went to school That's for. Right. Well, or what my body is good at or wants to be. Yeah, it was, it yeah. was rough. Um, and yeah, but honestly, that brought Brought me out to California. I had interned out here in the summers with my best friend Sarah Kwan. Oh. And, you know, I think if it wasn't for her, I would not have known that I liked the West Coast or, you know, that I'd want to try it. And yeah. so when I got out here, I, you know, I was working that job, crying every day, being like, is this what adulthood is like? <laughs> And my parents were like, no, like you, you clearly haven't found what you like doing. And and I am so grateful. As you know, I have incredibly supportive parents. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I had to keep doing it, of course, because they're not the type of parents to say, just quit, whatever. Um, But they were like, you need to start thinking about what it is that you like to do. Um, And at the time, you know, I was like, shut up, less focused on that. But I was very (laughs) focused on making friends. And one way that I tried to make girlfriends was by signing up for an improv class. Mm -hmm. And I fell absolutely in love with the improv world kind of had a moment of being like, people do this for a living. Right. Like there's people who improvise and who then write sketch and then parlay that into career. And mm-hmm. it was sort of the first time in my life that I realized that was a possibility. I don't know. I mean, being from the Midwest, things are probably different now, you know, 10, 10 over 10 years later. Right. But at, at the time in Wisconsin, uh, you know, we had one class that was radio, TV and film all wrapped into one. Like there wasn't some prestigious film school. That was my, my college. And my that's my major, all four of those. No, that's and, incredible, Joe. And they actually, uh, when I was getting ready to graduate, they actually also added on like dance, animation, no just way. to then well, it sounds like state was going through some weird times back in the early aughts or early to mid to late aughts, where you know, uh what was it? You know, 2008 was that weird year where there was like so many furloughs and yeah. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I guess they're just trying to, you know, cut the budget. And so let's just combine, you know these colleges and schools together and just uh, there you go wild yeah well that's incredible for the for for you and also for the people who came after you to have exposure to so many things and you know oh yeah madison's an amazing school i loved every second of it and i know they have added to their program a ton Um, but at the time it wasn't really a thing or at least on my radar in any big capacity and so so meeting these people who you know had been to film school or wanted to act or just had creative impulses even Mm -hmm. I was like oh this is an amazing vibration and I love this so much I somehow lucked out in joining a sketch team that I was wildly unqualified to be on I had never (laughs) 
never so much as seen SNL, let alone written a sketch. And I was like, and I remember someone asking me, um, like, oh, you're a writer, right? Like, can you submit a packet? And I was like, of course I can. And I went home and like fully had a meltdown, was like uh, pulled like multiple all-nighters Googling like what is sketch comedy, probably wrote my first sketches in Microsoft Word and yeah. then submitted them to these people. And thankfully this team was looking for someone, was mainly just looking for someone who just wrote and wasn't also an actor. And there must have been so few of us that I somehow snuck through and was put on this team. It's called DJ Fawcett. We were at IO West. I loved every second of it. You guys supported me. Yeah, that was so much fun. When we went to San Francisco Sketchfest, you you supported me. Um, But yeah, it was from there that you know, I really, I, I, I realized that like, it's okay to be bad at things and, right. and it's kind of fun to try and fail. And, you know, the stakes at the time felt big, but they were really small. And I, it was such a wonderful community of people that were willing to like, let me try shit on stage. And then, you know, occasionally one would work and it would be like, why did that work? And, and I just fell in love with, with, the, the the practice of just trying to get laughs and seeing why certain things worked and why didn't. And, yeah. and in the same time, learning about sketch structure and learning about character work and, and trying out different forms. Um, and through that, seeing myself get better and seeing that it's possible to get better at things. You, know, you don't necessarily <laughs> have to be born this like creative savant. You can right. learn if you just are willing to fail and you try. And yeah. I'm so grateful that these people created such a safe space space to fail um, because I got good enough then to start set, submitting actual sketch packets. Uh, and that's how I got my first job writing for uh, DreamWorks Animation. I was oh, writing yeah. sketches like, you know, for Swamp Talk with Shrek and Donkey. And it was a bunch of their old properties. It was like Kung Fu Panda and Puss in Boots and, you know, a whole bunch of their like iconic characters, which was such a blast. Yeah. Uh, and then through that, my bosses helped me find my first agents um, who I loved. And they're the ones who submitted me, um, encouraged me to write more long form and eventually helped me land uh, my first staffing gig. Uh, at the time, I was way too panicked to do it on my own. So I brought along a friend who was a really great writer and we yeah. became writing partners. Uh, and I had a writing partner for a couple of years. She was awesome. Um, we ended up doing a couple shows together and then we split. She wanted to do more drama and I wanted to do more comedy. Right. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was really that first um, that first lucky gig of just of having agents. Honestly, my first show happened to be a show about soccer. And I think there's so few comedian athletes <laughs> yeah. that like they were like, oh, you're a girl and you like soccer and it's about girls soccer. And I was like, yes. And it was kind of <laughs> funny because I didn't realize until I got in the room that they then expected me to be the soccer expert. And I was oh, like, boy. guys, I played till high school. Like, <laughs> I don't know. So I had, thankfully, I had my friend's sister who played uh, professional soccer like on speed dial so I'd be like nice. I'm gonna go to the bathroom and I'd call her and be like oh, what does this mean help me and come <laughs> back and be like, well actually um it was a real fake it to you make it scenario um, oh, but totally. a total blast um and then yeah I mean I got lucky after that um well no I didn't get lucky I I um I proudly did a good job on that show and then my my showrunner at the time brought me over to another show of his um, called Just That Magic, which was a total mm-hmm. blast. Um, at the time, my writing partner and I were still writing 
content because our goal I, I love writing kids tv i still write cartoons and stuff all the time yeah. but our goal was to you know write for people who can read that was <laughs> good yeah. for us yeah. or things that we really wanted to watch and so we um were cranking out material that was more in the adult watching space um and finally got on this cool list it's called the we for she list uh, and that's how my manager at three arts found us and helped us then um use that script to get our first staffing gig in the adult world, which was on Abby's on NBC. I love that show, first Thank of all. Thank you, Joe. It was I, so much fun. One of my favorite jobs to date. It was right? such a blast. Yeah, because you actually have you have producer uh, credits to that, I believe. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, well, and, and that's always, you know, the producer credits are fascinating when you're a writer because it really just is, um, it's the hierarchy of the writer's room. So you saw right. the staff writer, story editor, executive story editor. And then once you hit mid-level level, you're it's you start to add producer to your title okay and doing so you get to go on set and actually produce your episodes uh and it's yeah. it's just a total blast it's a it's a totally different skill set you know we're currently fighting for a lot of that stuff in the um strike uh, yeah which we can totally get into if you want oh no um, yeah we will <laughs> yeah great great um but yeah and and sorry if this is rambly no you're but good it was, um but yeah it was that is how I, I sort of found my land legs. And, and since then, I've been very lucky. You know, I had a boss on Abby's put me over on another show when that was canceled. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it's it's been a lot of people that I've worked with vouching for me and helping me find my next gig. Nice. Um, and so I feel very lucky for that. Um, just started on a new show right before the strike hit that I'm <laughs> hoping comes back of course it's yeah you know not the best time to be pregnant and have baby coming in uh I, come, but. you know that is actually another topic i want to talk to you about oh, because please. like with both you and your husband mike who is amazing and you Thank guys are you. both you know in the entertainment world with this strike going on what are you guys doing right now? Like, how how are you with like <laughs> with, time? Yeah, how you kill your time? How you paying the bills? And how and besides getting ready for baby, which I am so happy for you. Thank you, baby boy. Right? Yes, baby boy. So help us. Uh, <laughs> Tell us what to do. And uh, hopefully get a lot of wine on the side. Just get ready to stock up on wine. No, excellent. Um, I told Mike that it was prescription. Yeah, exactly. I know. I feel kind of bad. I'm drinking a beer while I'm like, oh yeah, she's pregnant. I forgot. Oh, enjoy yourself, please. <laughs> you know, I'm, I will never be anti. Uh, I know. Um, but yeah, like, what are you guys doing right now? Because like, well, well, first of all, how is the strike going? Because you know there was talks about. Uh, another strike going on, but that actually got resolved fairly quickly, I believe. But what's going on with the Writers Guild? Sure. Yeah. Well, it, I think what you're probably referring to is the director's negotiation. Yes. Which wrapped yes. up and they came to uh, an agreement. Um, that's They are very different than us. Their needs are very different than us. Mm -hmm. Their guild is significantly smaller. We've oh. never once had to, you know, it would have been fun to watch all of us come together and say, fuck you, we're not doing anything. Yeah. No part of the guild ever, no part of our guild ever really thought that their guild was going to do that um, mm. for a number of reasons. And, you know, which is totally fine. You know, I, I have a lot of pals who are also in the director's guild and, and if they're happy with the deal they got, then kudos to them. Yeah. Um, but they, uh, but yes, the, the writer's guild has historically never had other guilds with not not that they don't support us i know they support us but other guilds picketing with us in the past or striking at the same time yeah um so we're fully confident still that we will be able to make 
the strides we need to make independently of these other guilds. Um, yeah. That being said, the SAG negotiations are going on right now. So the Screen Actors Guild, um, and oh. they were supposed to come to an agreement or not uh, on Friday. And what's really awesome about SAG is for the first time ever, they have, or I don't know if it's ever, but at least in a very long time, mm -hmm. um, the actors voted to author for a strike authorization vote. And so mm. basically saying like, if they don't get a contract that they're happy with, their membership is willing to strike. So wow. we will find out on, I believe it's, it's, a, it's a, I think it's the 10th. So I think the, a week from Wednesday, maybe. Wow. 12th, the 12th, a week from Wednesday. Uh, if they came to an agreement um, or if their uh, guild is calling for a strike as well. So I think wow. it'll be very fascinating <laughs> to see. Again, um, SAG is, is negotiating for completely different things because they're completely yeah. different um, art form. Uh, mm. Some of the things that they are negotiating for do overlap with us, including a lot of the conversation around uh, residuals as it pertains to streaming, as well yeah. as AI. Uh, and oh. AI in particular for actors, I feel like is something that I hope they hold out for because it's already happening. I mean, the boss on my current show said that every year he's asked to save money by using just like an electronic voice for animation. And it's <gasps> like, so it's already like, oh my God. And thankfully he's awesome. And also, you know, a big enough player in the game to be able to say no <laughs> you know, without fear of ramifications. Cause I know that everyone is afraid of being a bad sport and saying no. And, and, and right. I, you know, we want to be like, be brave, but I also completely understand that instinct. You want to protect your own show and your own team. And um, yeah. so I, I wouldn't blame it, but thankfully, you know, no one's threatening him. He's already created a million successful shows. So he has been able to stand um, stand up for himself and for the actors and be like, no, I'm hiring actual actors to read the work. I don't want to be writing for robots. And I don't right. think the actors want to be reading for robots. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's been really interesting to see um, the evolution of that. So we'll be curious. But yeah, we're at a little bit of a standstill right now. I think yeah. either way, either they join and we're all picketing together. And, and you know, a lot of a lot of SAG and a lot of DGA and a lot of IATSE, a lot of the other guilds have been showing up just to picket in support of us, which awesome. has been so wonderful. And we would absolutely join their fight as well. Um, so if that happens, wonderful. If they come to a deal, I really hope it's a good one uh, that they can be satisfied with. Right. Um, and then selfishly hope that if if they are making you know an agreement about some of these things, that they're holding out for some of the stuff that would could also benefit us and and directors and and anyone you know else moving forward. But we'll see. We'll see. It's all yeah, kind well, of up in the air. It's crazy too. You say that. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear a little dude in the background. Love it. Love <laughs> it. I can't wait for it. So yes, cute. you can. Yes, you can. Um, but no, it's kind of funny because, you know, radio is also in that kind of situation where AI Absolutely. could possibly, there's been talks about AI jocks. And actually I saw mm -hmm. online on Instagram, um, someone actually toying around with it and being like, oh, hey, this is AI Kara. And it sounds almost exactly like the jock is ridiculous. And, you know, it's just another, you know, form of trying to cut back on costs. You know, totally. typically, typically stations would, in order to cut back on costs, you know, go for somebody out of market. You know, somebody may be listening to uh, a jock in San Francisco and they might be down in L.A. A good sure. example is, you know, 107 on the Bone, my former radio station, Ken yeah. Anthony, is down in L.A., but he voice tracks here and also even across the, uh, across the nation. Like I've, I've seen 
job offerings for voice tracking in Raleigh, uh, North Virginia. Wow. Um, yeah. So it's, it's crazy to think. Cause like I was about to make a comment saying like, well, with the first writer strike that happened back in the early two thousands or late nineties, we got reality TV. What the hell is going to come out of this strike? If it goes on too long, like what it's like, yeah, AI, I, I, and that's I think, probably the answer. You know, I don't know if AI is in any way. I personally am like not scared about AI, but I mm -hmm. also am the type of person who would have been like, there will never be TV on our phones. So ignore me. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, I, full disclosure. It's that but, Midwest but I raisin. Really, I mean, I'm like, no, nah, we're good. But as it stands, AI is a novelty. And what we're looking yeah. at when we see some of those scary things on the computer um, that are like, oh, but look at this short story it wrote that actually is kind of good. That is like, that is the anomaly. We are being shown the one in eight million times that somebody has tried to plug something in that right. turned out kind of okay. We mm -hmm. are not seeing the medium of what's happening right now. And as it stands, the medium is not good at right. all. It's fun as a novelty to put in and see that it writes a silly <laughs> Harry Potter thing being like Hermione threw her arm into the bridge. And you're like, sure, it used words that that were in Harry Potter, but none yeah. of this is sensical. And and of course it can learn, but the big the big conversation around what we're striking for isn't whether or not they can do it. It's the ethics behind it. Exactly. And as you were saying, you know, if I, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, mm. are they was the AI voice you heard a voice replica of somebody else? Uh no, it was it was the voice replica replica of that jock. So she actually, so it was, so it was yeah, a real person. It was a okay. real person. So did she give them permission to use I believe her likeness? So. I believe so. Yes. Okay. And so that's, that's, and that's interesting. And that's tough, right? Because, right. because that's happening with SAG as well, where people are selling their voice rights in perpetuity to pay the bills, but mm -hmm. then somebody owns their voice forever. And it's like, yeah. oh, that sucks for the actor. That sucks <laughs> for the guild. That sucks for all creativity. That just sucks. And so similarly, what the writers are saying is if you're, if you're using my material to train AI, to write a script like mine, mm -hmm. you have to pay me for my material. Like it would be like buying a book from me and then photocopying the book and selling the book and taking all the <laughs> what? that's that's crazy. That's crazy. That's not yes. technology. That's thief. That's stealing. Exactly. Right? Yes. And so what we're arguing right now is that it's not that, oh, we don't want the technology. We think it can do our jobs better. No, I don't believe that at all. But mm -hmm. if you're going to steal my material to then try to replicate so then you can fire me. You, you still have to pay me. It's my work. And that's, right. that you are treating it to regurgitate, mm -hmm. uh, teaching it to regurgitate, excuse me. Um, anyway, so so it's really the ethics of it. Um, again, I am not an expert in any of this. Uh, there are some way smarter people than me yeah. <laughs> to talk to it. I, 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 I highly recommend um, anyone interested in learning more about that, just do a quick Google and see what some of the people on the board of the Guild have to say, because they've been very poised and articulate about exactly what we're fighting for mm -hmm. to help sort of stop that narrative that the, um, you know, that the studios really want to perpetuate that we're just like, Oh, we're scared that they're better than us. And it's like, <laughs> no, I am not scared of robots at all. Yeah. I also firmly believe that anything AI does currently is a, well, and it's not that I believe this, this is true. It's just regurgitating, it's regurgitating based on, content that it already has, right? Yeah. Which Google and the computer has been doing for a very long time. Mm -hmm. uh, and in doing so, it doesn't actually know 
at what point it's making about society at large or what it's trying to do or where we want to go. Yeah. And, and the goal of a lot of writing is to really understand the moment and either use it as a way of, you know, if you either have like the black, black mirror route, right. Where yeah, it's like oh. you're using it in the moment to discuss <laughs> hor like the horrors and fears of technology, similar to AI. Yeah. Or for me in comedy, it's change. It's ever changing. I mean, there's a reason that comedies rarely hold up because comedy is changing and culture is changing. And mm. I don't believe that the AI can currently keep up with any of that in a yeah. way that won't just lead us to like, okay, sure, that's a completely passable office episode. It's nothing new. <laughs> it's nothing exciting, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's just, it's just redoing something we've already seen. And, you know, I think the box office speaks for itself. Mm -hmm. We have fatigue over IP. I mean, Indiana Jones is tanking. Meanwhile, we have everything everywhere all at once, which is just bananas. Yeah. Crushing. And people are craving things that are left of center. And that AI is not making. That people are making and people are collaborating to make together. And I think it's going to take a hell of a long time before technology can um, replace us in that capacity. Um, I hope that was sorry about that rant. No, no, that's exactly that's exactly what I wanted. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that case, you're so welcome. Yeah. No. Well, on a uh, well, so like uh, you know, as you guys are striking, like so. I was going to say, you guys knew you were pregnant before the strike, I'm guessing, Yes. Right? Oh, yeah. yes. And then, so, that, yes, to point yeah. B of your question, oh, yeah. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> I tried to avoid it and brought it back. Just kidding. Um, no, we, we, well, it's funny. I, I got my job offer in February and then found out shortly thereafter and was a little panicked, right? Because yeah. I was like, oh boy, this job is going to start. I am super nauseous and, you know, it's my first time as a co-EP, so as a boss and, mm -hmm. and I, I love these showrunners and I really want to do a good job um, and was like, oh boy, like, I hope I can do this. And then I found out that the show would go till August and it would work out perfectly. I was like, okay, the first <laughs> trimester will end. I will crush it in the room. I'll get this under my belt and right. then I'll have a baby and this will be the best planned baby in history. And then of course <laughs> the strike hit. So, you know, I recently reached out to my bosses. Um, also the day-to-day -day has been a lot of um, picketing. We we go out, yeah. we march, we do our, we do as many hours as we can. I'm, I'm a little bit capping out at two now that I'm seven months pregnant. Yeah. I'm like, okay, four yeah. hours will kill me, but thank you guys so much. Um, <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, I mean, you know, I, 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 everything work-wise has been at a standstill. So I've personally yeah. been projecting a lot of my energy into uh, what Mike likes to call nesting. And yeah, uh, what including, I like to call recklessly spending money on things. For the including that in, uh, inflatable pool you put in your uh, Yes, <laughs> can you tell that's the most important thing for the nursery? <laughs> Like... Listen, that is a very <laughs> critical purchase for a pregnant woman to have on her front lawn, any of all, because it's good for when you're pregnant to have the weight off when you're in the water. Be oh, of yeah. all, it'll alienate all of our neighbors, and then we won't have to worry about anybody stopping by. <laughs>
I just, I just, I just love how you put the comment like, no, I'm not having a water birth. Mommy yeah, needs a pool. Yeah, that was tough. That was tough. <laughs> Joe, Joe is referencing for those who aren't following me on Instagram, and of course, oh, yeah. it should be. Thank you. Just kidding. Um, but, um, but I just posted a picture of a giant pool, inflatable pool that I bought for our Fourth of July party tomorrow. We're having friends nice. over, and we moved recently, and we used to live in an apartment with a pool and always host every year. And mm-hmm. this year, I was like, we have no pool. What are we supposed to do? So there was a crazy Costco deal. And I was like, this is urgent. I need this pool and got it. And I posted a silly picture of me in it. And then suddenly an onslaught of text started to come in being like, Hey, are you giving birth in that inflatable tub? And I was like, how dare you? I was like, (laughs) the self-reflection I had to do knowing that upward of seven people thought that I would, and that's just the ones who felt comfortable reaching out to me via text. You know, right. And there's the people screenshotting to their friends being like, do you think this chick is having having a baby in a Costco XL inflatable pool? Like, first of all, know, or the people commenting <laughs> on my Instagram being like, ha, like, are you doing that? No, no, I'm not doing that. I believe in doctors. <laughs> I will be having a baby in a hospital. I am getting that, that epidural. epidural. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'll start microdosing epidural as early as today if they will let me. Little does anybody know. You're just, you really are just going to get him to start doing laps and get him to swim in before he, uh, his hits like high school. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> Olympic the swimmer to be. Into it, yes. is in this inflatable <laughs> tub that if it makes it past tomorrow would be an absolute miracle. <laughs> uh, how's Mike doing, doing, uh, during all this? He's good. Similarly, yeah. he had a lot of projects that are now on hold. I mean, look, it, it's really tough. Um, it, it's tough not knowing when the next, when your next job is coming. I will say. We are in an incredibly lucky position that we have worked so consistently over the last, uh, you know, eight or nine years. Yeah. That thankfully, we have enough in savings that we will be okay. That yeah. is not the same for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also why we're fighting for residuals because typically it's actually not atypical for writers to have extended breaks in between shows. Um, and how they often sustain themselves is through residuals. Yeah. So, For example, I wrote on Single Parents, which is a really fun network show and Mm -hmm. network often pays more money and and still follows a lot of the network model of residuals. If if it's airs again, I Mm -hmm. get paid in full and so does everybody else who worked on it, including the directors and the writers. Uh, And the, the way that we're getting screwed over now is that when things go to streaming, the streamers are not telling us how many views anything is getting, which Mm. takes away all negotiating power. And in doing so, they're essentially um, giving us pennies for residuals instead of giving us like our livable wage. So, you know, I would see single parents um, residuals for, you know, tens of thousands of dollars that are owed to me because they're making money off of this thing repeatedly. They're selling ads. There, you know, and and then you know something like Girls by Veva, which was on Peacock, so it's only ever been on streaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll see it'll be like one thousand dollars, or sometimes three yeah. cents, or sometimes you know, like you oh, get Jesus. occasionally where you're like, you spent more money on the envelope than you did for this check that I'm receiving. <laughs> yeah, and it's <laughs> um yes, and so and I mean even even my single parents, um which I'm like oh this is a lot of money you know writers of of your or or some of my writers who've been in the game a lot longer are like that's so much less than you should be making on this if you see how much more they're making now that they've sold this property to hulu and it's also international and you're not seeing a cent of that like you should be upset because that is how writers have been able to make not just 
you know, a hobby into a gig economy, like pay the bills, but into a career where we can have houses and babies and families and and make a good living doing it and this does not mean that every writer will be a successful writer of course like you're still in the same and that's the same in every industry and you know that for sure joe like you have also had such a wonderful path it's been awesome watching you get radio show after radio show and and crush it in this medium but you know that not everyone gets the chance to do that and there's a lot of people trying well that's why we podcast yeah, exactly. <laughs> also true. Also true. I mean, hey, it's and yeah, it's a new medium, and, and it's amazing. Yeah. You know that now they have things like Patreon. There's ways yeah. to make money that aren't just through networks. You know, um, and a lot of that will come. But yeah, it's it's this it's the way in which creativity has been turned into a gig economy that just feels like wait a second. I, I know. I guess I feel lucky to be here, but that doesn't mean that I should settle for taking pennies on my art. Or yeah. Whatever I created. Anyway, I'll ramble forever about this. I'll start sounding super righteous. So I'll stop. But that's the gist. Yeah. Well, speaking yeah. of podcasts, I do want to talk about your podcast, Hills I Die On, which oh, I nice. I love. When you first oh, brought it out, great. I thought it was the most incredible idea. Thank you. How so how did it first come about uh the idea of Hills I I Die On? Yeah, we, we all know and we all know it's a millennial kind of saying or whatever, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. you took it and ran. Basically. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. You know, honestly, I was I was thinking about, you know, just from a writing standpoint, um, I, I love writing so much. Uh, and I was trying to sort of get to that next level of like, you know, writing for shows that I was super excited about. And um, in doing so, I was noticing that a lot of the writers who uh, are getting these writing jobs are also multi-hyphenates. So they're mm-hmm. also stand-ups or actors or podcast hosts or, or have something else that people can point to that's not just reading your script yeah. that they can be like, oh, this person for me is is funny, right? If, if I'm looking for comedy stuff. And I was like, well, I don't want to be missing opportunities because I'm just not doing enough, right? Mm-hmm. And at the time I'd also taken a stand-up class and loved that. You know, stand-up is a little bit more performance-centric. And again, you know, I'm not a trained actor. I, you know, I'm a twitchy, nervous weirdo. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to say it. No one's putting me on camera anytime soon. Uh, with podcasting, I was like, oh, this is a fun way to, um, you know, sort of get to be myself. And at the same time, uh, meet a ton of cool people, uh, have conversations that aren't. The one thing that I really wanted to do when I was starting a podcast is I really didn't want the conversations to be exclusively uh, industry centric because I right. find that especially in LA the conversations that we're having even at parties are like what do you do what are you working mm. on do you know something and it's like it's exhausting right and it feels yeah. like networking non nonstop and um so for me when when this idea struck I was like oh this could be a really fun way to have guests from the industry you know who are still oftentimes comedians writers actors etc um but who have silly takes and talk to them about something that has nothing to do with the industry. And, you know, of course, just by the nature things go, go into it. And, you know, people drop fun, fun facts about the shows they're working on and whatnot. It's just been a real blast to, you know, instead of, instead of having Mike Royce, who's written on everything under the sun, you know, talk about what life was life writing for everybody loves Raymond. He's talking about why being old is awesome Mm -hmm. and just having a field day, you know, riffing off that. And it's just, it it, it was more fun for me to do. I hope it's more fun to listen to. Um, It is hilarious because some of the uh, positions like, uh, 
Oh, Morales. What's her first name? Oh, Natalie. Yes. Yeah. She, her, so her, funny. her take were, was, and the episode was hilarious because she also was pretty freaking stone. Uh, <laughs> cats are, cats are snakes. I do not know if Natalie was stoned, but I do uh, remember being asked that repeatedly because yeah. we were giggling a lot. I think we just had a really fun time. It, or, it was a hilarious conversation because <laughs> yeah. she went way too in depth on a cat's physiology. Yes, and but that's what's fun about it is you, you learn somebody's random take and then the next thing you know, you're like, oh my God, are cats snakes? Yeah. I've, learned, <laughs> I'm like... I've also learned so much from this podcast because you know most yeah. of the time my guest is an expert in something or this is the thing that they've thought a lot about. So yeah. then I'm forced to do research to think a lot about it. And by the end, I'm like, wow, <laughs> I sure learned a lot about how cats and snakes have way too much in common. Seriously. And about Conspiracy theorists. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that got me thinking. <laughs> right? So Same. I left it being like, thank you for doing that. And also, oh my God, are you right? <laughs> it's like, um, I've been living a lie this whole time. Completely and totally. Um, but yeah, but yeah, it's um, it's it's been a real blast. Um, thank you for asking. Yeah. Uh, how, how often do you have episodes coming out? Or are you you're still working Once a week. On yeah, we yeah. try to do once a week, every Wednesday. Um, you know, there's a chance I have to take a little maternity leave. So I've been trying to stockpile some newbies for the summer. Um, uh, summer and pop fall. So we'll see. But yeah, yeah. You know, it's been it's just been a really a blast to do. And um, yeah, again, I'm grateful that, you know, podcasting in general, there's so little barrier to entry. Yeah. And it's such a fun thing to do if, if this is you know, if this is your cup of tea, yeah. um, that it's nice to not, you know, it's not like you have to reserve stage space or you have to pay for camera rentals. Like yeah. it's really like you can probably get a mic off Facebook marketplace for like 15 bucks at this point. Oh it up yeah. To your laptop and call it. <laughs> and, yeah. And I've set, spent so. a lot of money, but Hey, <laughs> you, you are also a professional and I see your setup right now, but you've also worked and made money in, in the industry. So you, so you, yeah. Can up, right. Yeah. This was uh, I don't know if you want to call it. It was kind of like a midlife crisis because when I got let go back in December, I was like, all right, well, Time to start reaching out, try to get those voice tracking out of market jobs. So I was like, let's put the studio together finally. So I still have, I've had this Yeti mics ever since shoot a while, like years and all that stuff. And then I just ordered the screen, the arm. Uh, thankfully I was just given the desktop that I'm using right now from the radio station. It's like, uh, Hey, just, you know, just keep the whole setup. We'll just take off what we need Incredible. and just put your name and bought the webcam. And, you know, granted I had to set it up in my son's bedroom, but, I love you know, it. You gotta, gotta do what that's, you gotta do. That's California living. That's California you real have, estate, baby. Oh, I know. <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, he's uh, <laughs> he didn't nap this today, so Aww. he's uh, he's a little like kind of wonky. So he's the sweetest, and you're uh, such a good dad. And if you could please teach me how to raise one or tell honestly, me honestly, you know, already. boys, you know, people say that boys are a little more rambunctious than girls. I can only say from my experience with one right now, um, start the training early. Like the, sure. as he's, <laughs> uh, he's so <laughs> start hey, the podcast sleep. kids. The only thing better than podcast kids are podcast puppies. So he's, he's yeah, doing well, great. I love hearing him. His life. Oh, he, background. he loves our dog, which Aww. I, I believe it's mutual, but I think it's more of a, um, just deal with it kind of situation. Sure. Because <laughs> uh, I'm sure you've seen the photos I post online where Harvey or Pitbull would be laying down, but then Jack comes on, 
kind of like so you know sits on his head lays over his body and just hugs him and stuff like that and joe's totally but, uh, yes and harvey's so comfortable with it it's so sweet uh, yeah I think, like i said i think it's just a i'm just gonna deal with the kind of situation yeah, exactly he's like this is a baby this is a baby thing and this, this is, is a happening. small human i'm just, if i yeah. do anything i'll get in trouble I'm like yeah, also, <laughs> there you go <laughs> oh that's so sweet uh, he's such what, a happy kid so whatever oh you're doing, yes he is yes he is oh when is the due date by the way uh it keeps changing based on size but yeah <laughs> end of end of september okay yeah uh, i'm sure mike is super excited huh he is very excited God. uh he is yes he he's wonderful i feel very lucky to have a supportive partner i mean i'm sure sam felt the same way and, and i'm sure you felt the same way oh, it feels well. like a very daunting thing to go into if you <sighs> yeah it, you know and i admire those who do it on their own and those who you are in a situation where they have partners that aren't helpful. I, I just, I can't imagine I'm a total baby wuss and I feel so lucky <laughs> that I have someone to, um, you know, to fall back on and lean on. Yeah. I'm feeling grumpy and my hips hurt. <laughs> well, yeah. And then this is also a good excuse for uh, the family to come out to California. 1000%. I, <laughs> speaking of uh, what rooms have been masquerading as, you know, Mike's office is what I've been calling my mom's room for when I kidnap her Yeah, <laughs> and force her to live out here. Uh, she's like, how's my bedroom coming? I was like, good. Just put in the blackout curtain so no one will know that you've been changing the bed. <laughs> Oh my god! I know my little sister is just about so Steph's about to have her second baby. Yeah, I saw and that. She's like, you cannot kidnap mom. I'm having another kid too. Everyone's fighting <laughs> over child care. She's like, you chose to move far away. That is on you. Yeah, she's not wrong. However, right? Um, yeah, no, I'm. I'm hoping it can coerce pals out. And you know, my sister Samantha actually moved out here. Um, in. Oh, Sam's out there now? Yes, yes. So oh, she, it, it hasn't been long, but it's been so, I mean, yeah, pandemic stuff has made everything, communication so crazy, but she's oh. been out here and it has been such a blast. She, I will say, gets offered a new job in a new city probably once every other week. What is she <laughs> doing? She's a brilliant. She will want to be a CEO and has worked in finance and and right now she's working for Bolt Bolt House Farms. Okay. Um, yes. Uh, doing God knows what. I can't define what they do. They're way smarter than me. But she's crushing it. <laughs> and every time she gets a job offer, Mike and I are like our assholes just shrink. We're like, please don't move, please yeah. don't move. And then when she stays, we're like, oh thank God. We're like, what else do we need to show her to make her love Southern California? Like we're oh, like, we'll go man. to another show. Like, well, what do you want to go to the Magic Castle? Okay, we'll go to the Magic Castle. Like, yeah, we're determined to keep her, so we can at the very least have Aunt Samantha coming over. Yeah, we're 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 pretty lucky because we live about you know five minutes from my parents. I know, I'm so, so jealous of it. Uh, and grandparents, you're close to everybody. Yeah, yeah, so. you know, we uh, what was it? Saw uh, you know, Uncle Dante and everybody for uh. Madeline's uh graduation a Aww. month or so ago so it was nice to see them so nice um because it was like the first time they got to meet Jack as well as no way. oh yeah, 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 yeah oh my gosh yeah yeah you know well I'm not gonna get into it but you know the whole family situation okay yeah I, uh, sorry, that's, <laughs> that's a whole other conversation yeah but no I, I still keep in contact with them great. so good. uh yeah it was great to see uh Megan apparently she's uh retiring oh my gosh already that's good. I was gonna say, good for her. Right? <laughs> what a dream. Yeah, and actually, wow. 
you know, speaking of sisters, you know, I, it's funny during, uh, so I actually, we had my sister's wedding this last weekend. Yes. She yeah. was so beautiful and everyone uh, was so happy. How was it? It was great. I was the officiant. Oh my so, God. I didn't see that. How did you do? I'm sure I, I did surprisingly well. Of you know, I, I thought I got all the crying out in the morning when I was oh. going over my, uh, the beginning speech and the sermon, trying to get the timing oh, down, no. but no, I didn't. Uh, I definitely, uh, did a little tearing up when I first saw her. Like uh, she did a, a first look with both uh, my dad and now brother-in-law Kyle. Oh. And of course, you know, I asked my dad, how'd you do? And how'd you think I did? Of course. <laughs> Listen, crying is deep in our, it's oh, in our bones. So God, I totally see Italian, that. Come on. Yeah. Oh, that's but, so sweet though. Congrats yeah. to the fam. It looked like well, such a you. beautiful day and she was glowing so yeah no actually it went off without a hitch and like you know as you said like you don't know what samantha does uh i uh, i put into my opening speech talking about kyle and tracy i was like you know she wanted a kick-ass job and she got you know whatever the hell she does a visa i still don't know what right. the hell she does <laughs> i get a good there laugh go. out of that right. uh, because her uh her boss uh was actually in attendance so she like let a laugh ha <laughs> oh that's great that's very sweet i'm sure she loved it but yeah hey, it was just it smart was... people doing smart people things exactly you know for for buku bucks and listen so. <laughs> I, I, it, it goes both ways joe you right. know that your parents are like i'm sorry what do you do i mean regularly it was <laughs> like just... <laughs> maybe two two years ago that my mom was like so would we call you a tv writer i was like mom i've been doing it professionally for like <laughs> Eight, you asshole like, yes. <laughs> and they're like okay or my dad will regularly text me being like will you distill into two sentences exactly what you do <laughs> I'm like, oh, forget it. Never mind. The, the producer credit really throws people they're like but right. we're a writer i'm like eh, so never mind but it's yeah. a whole other situation just don't yeah, worry yeah, just yeah yeah, yeah yeah i work in tv exactly. just <laughs> yeah. and thank you for supporting me and oh <laughs> No, I, I've always been excited for whatever, you know, project you work on. You Especially, too. You know, it's so fun. Miracle Workers. That was a pretty cool project to do. And oh, right on. Yeah, it was yeah, a blast. It was the episode where Daniel Radcliffe uh, did uh, She'll Be Coming Around the Mountain. Yes, That was. was your episode? <laughs> that was my episode, yeah. Did you write that, <laughs> did you write that scene? Yeah, yeah. Well, so how it works oh. with in, in terms of what's your episode, quote, right. is that all the writers essentially write everything so we all meet in you know in a writer's room and we decide um or there's and you know guided by the showrunner makes all the decisions so we're yeah. pitching to the showrunner and he decides what stays and what goes mm -hmm. um he or she it was a he in this in this situation um and, or they excuse me and um but he will uh decide on our pitches and decide on what the arc is going to be so we will pitch into each of the characters and what how we want them to grow and where we want the story to go and then we'll break it up into chunks so for miracle workers that season was i think 10 episodes we mm -hmm. broke it up into 10 episodes and then typically um, uh, how most rooms do it is you uh, write an episode based on where you are in the hierarchy of the room. So, you know, the showrunners will write the pilot and then the co-EP will write episode two, episode three and so on. And then, you know, oh. there's enough, enough episodes you start over. Um, but basically as a room, uh, you break out an outline together. So you, you beat it is what we call it. Beat it, put a beats on the board and yeah. we find out exactly what the 
uh, scenes are going to be. And then occasionally we'll pitch jokes into it. So if your room took care of you, by the time you're writing your episode, it's almost data entry. And, and, and <laughs> at least with your scene structure. And of course, yeah. you know, you might find things that are, are funny in the moment or find flaws that you didn't see because, you know, things come out in, in the wash when you're writing. Um, and it's really a fun way to almost just try to impress the writers because you know that they're going to read your draft you hope the other writers think it's funny and then the network is going to see it and have a million notes so then so then your draft is like you know at that point usually you get a million notes back and then you do all the rewrites together um so it's such a collaborative process um mm -hmm. I, I do feel as though i had some good over ownership over this episode but like everyone helps with everything so you right. know, it's so fun and on top of it i mean daniel is the absolute best he is so game for everything the second yeah. we pitched him this idea he was like can i get a choreographer what would you guys like me to do like was so so game so you actually so got fun. to pitch to daniel radcliffe oh absolutely dan oh, dan is fantastic so cool. i mean you know i i think covid robbed for me the chance to hang in person so we were all over zoom but uh -huh. he is awesome he was the first he was early up to every zoom mm-hmm incredibly kind to cast and crew knew everybody's names i mean oh it's so cool is, is so collaborative and so willing to um pitch his own ideas and it, and you know if someone pitches away from it he's like sure whatever this thing you know and he he really rocks i i it was such a pleasure working with him and you know as a as a Harry Potter fan, I mean, we were right. at the age that grew up with them. I was almost nervous because you occasionally meet people and then you're like, oh, no. Like, first of all, I'm nervous because I love you already. Second right. of all, I just hope you're nice because I can't report back to my cousins that you're not. And right. Thank God. <laughs> or thank go on your God. other cousin's podcast and talk exactly, about it. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And thank <laughs> God. Um, he he really is awesome. I mean, everyone on that show, Geraldine Viswanathan is such a freaking pro. She She's she's incredible. Karen Sony is so good. Mm -hmm. um, John Bass is so good. I mean, yeah, obviously Steve Buscemi, like it, it, the best. Legend, legend. It, complete legend. It was so funny. Uh, so prepared, so kind, equally mm -hmm. professional and wonderful, but also of the generation that doesn't know how to use Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> So for Steve, it was like, you are a genius. Everyone knows you're a genius. And yet right. you are in some basement with no Wi-Fi <laughs> in the middle of a table read. And we need you to go somewhere where there are windows because the sky cannot access your computer. Oh um, but he, yeah, I mean, and he laughs it off and is is like such a, they're all just, yeah, that the, the actors on that show are in, incredible and and everyone was so kind and you know uh, mm. i have been lucky that that's mostly been the case it has not all been the case yeah. uh, on other shows but the this show in particular people really um were rock stars that's awesome i am yeah. so jealous you got to digitally meet harry potter oh trust me <laughs> i was like you I, I was like i am going to take a screenshot and i'm going to risk losing my job <laughs> so i'm like moving the squares around on my screen so i'm like yeah. next to dan and like <laughs> and like try being like if i mute it like will they hear me or will just i hear me and i oh my god I was, it was really uh, it was so unwell like uh, hiding from my bosses that i'm a big harry potter fan until like long right. after the show is out and then they were like were you i was like do you know how hard it was for me to like try to act professional instead of being like so <laughs> <laughs> i i can honestly see you just accidentally like drop like leviosa well i mean leviosa i mean 100%. excuse me i'm like <laughs> absolutely and dan's um dan's girlfriend and they're uh -huh. now pregnant as well oh wow but dan's girlfriend was also on our show and she is 
lovely so funny oh, cool. so so talented um she plays uh dan's uh wife mid-season spoiler alert but oh. if you watch uh yeah. and yeah so which was very fun and she yeah she so delightful so it was really fun to see her shine and then the two mm-hmm. of them together supporting each other it's you know it's just fun when when somebody who's been in the industry as long you know as dan or steve hasn't yeah become or or you know is even as like famous as Geraldine I mean she's a movie star like mm-hmm. you know that as uh, that occasionally changes people when when you start to get too big for your britches but none of these people had that attitude at all they all still seem to like really enjoy the process of making and doing and acting and collaborating and and it just makes it so much more fun when that is the case so it was an awesome experience that's awesome do you think you ever see um you and Mike collaborating kind of like we how do. oh yeah, you do yeah, yeah oh. we actually um you know not we have not done anything huge yet but we've written on several episodes um on several cartoons together so we oh. wrote on um this season of monster high that'll be coming out soon okay um and then we wrote several poly pocket episodes together we wrote for <laughs> um nickelodeon has a show called bossy bear we've done cartoons <laughs> together um oh it's nice a blast and and working together is fun i mean it's I I've talked to friends in the past who are like me and my partner can never work together. And I'm like, totally get it. Like it's, you know, it's not for everyone, but I think it's mostly that Mike is so patient Mm -hmm. that it's okay. If I may be lesser. So because he's very (laughs) good at being like, okay, it was just an idea. Um, And he also is just so brilliant in ways that I, I, you know, I know I'm good at my job, but I'm good Mm -hmm. at, completely different skill sets than him so mm-hmm. i think collaborating with i mean and that's the beauty of collaboration always right is that some people are better at different things and you know the reasons that i shine are not the reasons that mike shines and so then mm-hmm. when we get to collaborate i'm like oh my god that is the funniest joke in the world that mike had <laughs> that I ne- my brain never would have come up with and right. now how fun because we get to like throw it all together and pick the best of both worlds and so it's yeah. been so I, I love writing with mike he's um He's great to work with. We we started writing a movie together. Everything again, everything's on pause right now. Right. Um, he has this awesome show that he's been developing that I'm actually supervising. Um, oh, cool. I, I, I he will absolutely sell. It's so brilliant. He didn't need me at all, but I was like, sure, if you want to throw my name on it, so <laughs> go for it. I would be honored. Just send um, another check to the household. Why not? <laughs> exactly. We need it. We're ready. After all this, we're like, all right, bring it on. We're ready to go. go oh, that is but yeah, I love I love working with Mike. Uh, well, it, it's like we, we, both your personalities are very complimentary. So it it, I, it just works. I appreciate like, you know, that. me and me and Sam, we, uh, you know, we rag on each other, but it's like, you know, yeah, I don't that's know. Fun. That's yeah. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Oh, does, Sam, does Sam, has Sam come on the podcast? Oh, uh, I don't know. No, not yet. Um, Mike won't come on mine either. That's the one boundary. That's I was going to ask you that if Mike, if you ever asked Mike to be on your podcast. No, it's not a direct boundary, but I've asked him approximately 6,000 times over the course of the last couple of years. I mean, mm-hmm. look, I took several, I took basically the whole pandemic off and came back, but I'll be like, when are you coming on? And he'll go, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I just have to come up with a hill. And that's how he gets out of it. So then he's not really <laughs> committing. He's not saying no. And then he's like, of course I'll do it. And I'm like, okay, pick a date. Put it, put it on the calendar. <laughs> it's like, we can do it whenever. No, we, exactly. I know where you live. I'm here. I'm available. <laughs> you watch me set up and do it with millions of other people. Yeah. yeah. So he has evaded me up until now. He will not evade. I will win this war. <laughs> <laughs> Just hold I the baby do, over yes. him. Just oh, like, exactly. I was if like, you, if you love me. Son, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he's going to be like, okay. 
<laughs> my God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm going to be refusing to push in the hospital being like, nope. Just tell him, no, I was like, no, I want him out. I want him out of the room until he says yes to come on the podcast. <laughs> until I'm like, wait, babe, I'm so sorry. Actually, I'm <laughs> like, okay. Me. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I think I'll probably have to think of something else before accidentally finding myself single parenting. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you got to have me on the podcast. Oh, my God. Of course. Come do yeah. it. Send me a hill. I, I've been, that's the thing. It's like, I got so much like if you're pulling the same thing, you're pulling the same thing. As no, it's right I'm, I'm not. No, I want to be on the podcast. Like I just can't no, come up the hill because there's been so many good hills. I know, I know. It's there. I, I always feel bad when I ask people now. I try to send like a list of what people have done so it'll be inspiration. Yeah, um, but there's so many. I mean, you're so funny. You have so many fun opinions. I'm sure you'll come up with something. Yeah, probably. Like, I, but how can you beat cats or snakes? Like, hey, you start to use the big blunt and you let me know what yeah. conspiracy theory you come up with and we'll hit record. Oh my God. Yeah, I'll let you know when I come up with that. Perfect. Uh, well, t- Taylor, I think this is a great stopping point, but it, it has been so great to talk to you. Thank you so um, much for having me on. I'm so honored. I hope I didn't get course. too, you know, self-righteous. No, this is exactly what I wanted to to talk about and ha- ha- have you share to the world. And, you know, because people want to know what's going on and that's what that's beauty of podcasting. Listen, and if I messed anything up, just know that all of the pregnancy asks, apps basically say that I'm medically dumb <laughs> yeah. right now. So Shut I up, really? Yes, they're like, you may start to feel super forgetful and foggy. I'm like, you're literally just saying that I am stupider than I used to be. What um, what What is the most outrageous thing you've discovered during your pregnancy? Like what, have have you had any cravings or anything or like what? Root is, beer, baby. I what? can't stop drinking it. I don't know what the issue is. I, I never used to drink pop. Like I don't crave it. Yeah. I'm like a weirdo who still drinks like milk. Like I'm. I was going to say, I, th- I thought you would come on with a nice ice cold glass of and, milk. And normally you would be <laughs> right. And for some reason, and you know, I, it's helpful that root beer is caffeine free at least. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, I try not to have too much because I also know there's so much shit in here that can't be great. But like, mm. I I thought it was so funny. I suddenly was like, I need like a family size, you know, like movie theater root beer. And, <laughs> and then I am happy. And then I am absolutely happy. And this kid kicks like crazy. So he's either loving oh. it or he's growing a tail with every passing root beer. <laughs> <laughs> All that mass produced stuff. Uh, well, hey, Taylor, where can uh, people find you? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at I'm Taylor Cox. It's I-M-T-A-Y-L-O-R-C-O-X. And you can find me if you Google uh, Hills I Die On podcast. It is available anywhere you listen to podcasts. That is awesome. Well, Yay. Taylor, once again, thank you so much for taking thank the time. I love you. I miss I you. I love you more. I miss we'll you have, crazy. We'll have to get down to LA soon, especially Please for uh, Jack's first uh, Disneyland experience. Oh hopefully. my God. Let us know. We might have some connections. Ooh, that done. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I have been your host, Joe Hawk. Thank you so much. Be sure to follow me online at Instagram at the Joe Hawk. Of course, check out JoeHawkOnAir.com to keep up everything up to date on the Joe Hawk brand and check out all the new episodes of uh, Getting Lunch with Joe Hawk on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music. Uh, And of course, you know, until next time, take care, stay safe and rock on. 
Hey, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this new episode of the podcast. Be sure to stay up to date with all things Joe Hawk by giving me a follow on my Instagram at the Joe Hawk. Also, www.facebook.com slash Joe Hawk official. And to keep up to date with all things going on with the Joe Hawk brand, be sure to sign up for the newsletter over at JoeHawkOnAir.com. Until next time, Joe Hawk here saying take care, stay safe, and rock on.